1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Jordan Lowe.
2: Cliff Barnes. I'm sad.
1: And we have an episode not about Star Wars. <laughs>
2: yeah, surprise! <laughs> We've got
1: it all out of our system, right? No. No? No. All right. But
2: we have plenty of room for Watchmen.
1: Yeah, so one of... I'm going to go out and let me say one of the best shows, at least of this year, just wrapped up. Watchmen on HBO, nine-episode season. I was thrilled with this show. We've documented before. Mm-hmm. Our hopes weren't super high. We weren't putting a lot of expectations on it. We hoped for good things, but if it was bad, eh, we'll get over it. But it knocked every expectation out of the park for me.
0: Yeah, it was way better than I would have ever have guessed it was going to be. Like, I... I pretty sure Damon Lindelof is a genius because (laughs) you know after watching several things he's created now I I'm I'm blown away
1: yeah I definitely like now I want to watch The Leftovers I've heard everyone talk about it and like now it's like yeah I kind of have to watch this now it's supposed to be on par it's good um so we have covered the first five episodes pretty thoroughly (laughs) that's kind of our thing yeah I mean, it's no Riverdale, but you know, we, we got into it pretty pretty thoroughly. Um, so if you want to catch up with those, they're in the archives. It's just a few episodes back. We're going to spoil it from stem to stern. So here we go. Episode six. It's called This Extraordinary Being. This was the Minutemen flashback.
2: I can say this is my favorite episode right off
1: the bat. This is my favorite episode of this. This is my favorite episode of... Quite possibly anything ever. Yeah, it's pretty. This I, I'm already str- I was already struggling with how to explain how much I love this episode, and I'm not sure I'm going to do it justice. But I'm going to try. Uh, first thing we learned from uh, American Hero stories: the Hood of Justice has green eyes, <laughs> like the Black Hood. <laughs> I immediately went into like defense stance, like he's got green eyes. Look yeah. out for him. Somebody call Archie. Alright so where we left off Angela had just taken all her grandfather's pills And nostalgia pills That trigger all these memories um, And we had just had a cliffhanger With uh, Tim Blake Nelson's character Looking Glass He'd just been ambushed at his house You know, Left us Oh no what's going to happen to this Probably our, one of our <laughs> favorite characters on the show I, So I was not really looking forward to this I didn't want to be left hanging With that story To do flashbacks I don't love when you do these, you know. I assume to be these trippy memories, and it'd be dream sequences, and you know, things out of order. And I just, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was not prepared for this. I did, I was like, uh, eh, all right. But yeah, what it, what this man should do, blew me away. So this looks back on her grandfather. Uh, so we've seen him the, the escape from the the Tulsa massacre, uh, the Superman origin sort of thing. So this one. Puts Action Comics number one right there. Uh, you know, a young guy yeah. reading the Action yeah. Comic, Literally. inspired by yeah. Superman. And I even thought, wait a minute, do they show the origin in the first issue? Because like you know, Batman mm-hmm. Detective Comics twenty seven wasn't the you know death in the alley. So it's like wait a minute, and it did. issue one. You see this the rocket and the spaceship. So they were on. <laughs> they got they got it correct with their with their comic book knowledge here. Um. So, this is what well, he's the, the beat cop um, in a very racist society. So, you know, she's looking back, she's a policeman, he was a policeman, and she's seeing all this history through his eyes. Uh, it shows him struggling with his fellow cops to fit in, and he never quite does. Uh, there's the scene, the lynching scene. You know, they invite him to get in the car and go with them, and it's just that the tension. Every
2: scene of this episode is so intense. I mean, you really you're this isn't Angela I felt like it wasn't Angela so much seeing what her her grandfather's memories through his eyes is it's more we're seeing we are seeing Will Reeves Memories through his eyes. The, uh, you know, I mean, you can almost take her right out of it. This is it. It almost has that feel in a couple of places where this is happening to you. It's that real.
1: Yeah, in that way, it sort of a, it almost felt more standalone. That yeah. this was its own kind of thing. So yeah, that that car pulls away, and you see the bodies being dragged behind it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's kind of a trippy, dreamy thing. But it was like, oh, it was so powerful when that happened. So he's has a hood put over his head. He's lynched. And they let him go with you know warning you know to you know, mind your manners, and he that turns him he 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 has to unleash. There's this this rage, and you know at that time and still through today, but you know many you know the angry black guy is the you know the cliche. Yeah. They a lot of people you know, when uh, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball, he was told like you can't talk back. You have to just take it. You have to be the better man. You you can't show this anger and this hurt. And him putting this mask on allowed him to just basically go beat up white people. Like he just he had this rage inside of him. And this was an outlet. And it was acceptable because he was, you know, fighting crime. But there's always this kind of On these vigilante characters, Batman, Daredevil, a lot of these characters, there's always this underlying thing of how much of it is they just like hurting people? And they, they like scaring people. And they like inflicting pain. There's some psychological thing with a certain type of superhero. So we see him... By this time, I'm already like so into this episode. Normally, like I'm like, well, there's about 20 minutes left. I'm paying attention to how much time is left and what else is going on. Like I was so focused on this episode. Like, the world could have ended around <laughs> me as it was happening. I was so zoned into this. And he he's putting white makeup around his eyes and the camera pans and you see Angela with the same. That's I was like, that's her makeup. And I, I stood up from the couch. I was like, I was like that. Ah, they've been setting this up since the first minute of this show. I was like, that is so amazing. So we learned, uh, he married June. who was the baby at the crash site. Yeah. Uh, the baby that he saved there with the blanket. Uh, she is pregnant at the moment, um, and he is recruited by Nelson Gardner to join this. You know, <laughs> the Minutemen. The Minutemen, the squad of superheroes who were inspired by this guy who you know went out and fought for justice and fought yeah. the good fight, not really who, knowing the whole story. If memories, correct me if I'm wrong, but they are cops. Uh, yes, that was the story.
2: The Minutemen. They were in the beginning. They were cops who dressed up in. Uh, because the gang started dressing up. And then so th- in order to combat them at night off duty, they started dressing up in costume. So they wouldn't be recognized and doing. they could do things that they normally couldn't do as... Inspired the, by yeah.
1: this hooded justice. They saw right. he, he could do it that way so they could too. Um, so, okay, sounds good to him. There's this underlying tension of homosexuality or bisexuality there's something again that he has to mask and live two lives and Mm -hmm. be a a different person that this kind of lets out but even in those scenes he is less than he is talked you know well we can't can't let people know about you know like he you know Nelson is you know lowering himself to be with this guy and it's just uh, just painful to watch so this whole time he's been tracking this thread the Cyclops, beware the Cyclops! And he figures out they are—they're using a. Oh, that hasn't happened yet. But uh, he—he's he, so got—he's trying to fight actual crime, and these guys are doing photo ops and right, you know, uh, sponsored opportunities and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's all—it's all, it's all uh, not what he signed up for. So he uh, comes down to this uh, whole mo- crowd, a movie theater crowd who are mesmerized and hypnotized by this device that he's been chasing. Um, which turns into the the flashlight he uses later in life to hypnotize Judd. So we see we see the scene of him uh, talking Judd into hanging himself mm-hmm. there at the end. Um, what else we got? Then that one ends with uh, Angela. It's basically she would have OD'd, but Lady True kind of brought her back to consciousness was uh, uh had a way to cure her of that so that one the whole cyclops thing was interesting because it just uh recently you've seen the stuff with the okay hand symbol
0: yeah and they're doing that in this. You know, definitely. yeah definitely just <laughs> they're holding it up to their forehead or like cyclops so that's thing.
1: that's the, the secret symbol to get in the door beware the cyclops um, just earlier this year the Anti-Defamation League added that gesture as one of 36 new hate symbols and I've seen this online the usual it's falling into the usual categories of you know, oh quit being so politically correct and whiny about it versus the you know the other crowd of this is kind of important um, but I, was, I was reading up one and in 2017 it was started as a hoax. Uh, on 4chan so these are the internet troublemakers Um, they were doing several hoaxes using various uh, innocuous symbols and saying oh these are hate symbols now and trying to get you know try to trigger the libs that sort of thing and hoping people would overreact and the media would talk about it so they could say look how dumb you guys are Um, but with the okay gesture it actually caught on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and people yeah. actually started they using
0: started it. started doing it. Yeah, well, you've seen everything from Stephen Miller, the, you know, in the White House does it, does, it, does it with both hands and things. They all do it. They've done it in court. And, uh, yeah. They were just this week. There's cadets doing it, you know, when they're graduating and things. It's just like uh, kids, you know, doing it at graduations. Anything in a picture, they do it. And it's, all oh, it's just a joke. I was
1: like, yeah, but. So yeah, yeah. To me, it's all context. Like, yeah. people sharing pictures of oh, historic photos of someone doing the white power salute. You know, any okay symbol. It's like yeah, okay. That's obviously not a hate right. symbol. But someone at a white power rally doing it is <laughs> is a symbol. So right. I don't know if that was just a lucky use of that, <laughs> or if be. it was if it, it, it was intentional. It that that been. would be. It's in the news right now. Them you know talking about this. Um, a couple of little Easter eggs from that one. Uh, they mentioned Black Unrest, which is one of the, in the original comic, the first meeting of the Minutemen. He has a map of America and all the problems, civil disobedience and crime, and one of the things in there is Black Unrest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a little iffy. Um, and from pdpd that episode we learned about the the reparations um they weren't widespread and available to everyone they came up with 20 verified injustices and you had to be a a direct descendant of someone involved with one of those so that's talking about all the genetic testing Mm -hmm. and making sure you know your ancestors were involved with one of these 20 approved (laughs) injustices and there was a quote. Uh, Sally Jupiter was quoted somewhere about about hooded justice. None of us ever saw his face. He was always very, very careful about what he said about himself. I always assumed there was good reason for it. So yeah, in the comic, they had dated. It was even then. It was kind of assumed as just kind of a showbiz romance to right for the you know the gossip tabloids and stuff and we learn that Captain Metropolis died in a car crash in 1974 and his will left the entire estate to William Reeves who had retired from the police in 1955 and was working in a movie theater in Harlem and he hadn't heard from him since 1966 when he got a letter objecting to the crime busters so uh, in the 60s when Nelson tried to restart the crime busters Hood of Justice came out and said don't do that it's a bad idea but obviously he did not listen. <sighs> so, yeah, this episode, this was pop culture. This was comic books. This was the 20th century. This was everything into a microcosm of race and politics and gender and sexuality. And, like, just what... I. S- what superhero stories can do as Using a superhero as a metaphor for something Like this was a su- This was a metaphor for everything <laughs> it, it squeezed so much into this hour I was just dumbstruck by it We totally
0: agree <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm battling a little bit of a cold If you cannot tell
2: Me too You got that Disney World crud creeping in <clears throat>
1: But yeah, just to, to and discuss things that aren't really talked about in pop culture of, you know, generational trauma, the black experience, the gay experience, like lending serious weight to these issues in a sci-fi superhero kind of genre. It's like I, I was not expecting it to be this, this deep and powerful. So episode seven, an almost religious awe. I believe that's a quote straight from the comic, talking about Dr. Manhattan in Vietnam, how the, the Vietnamese villagers looked up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is the Angela flashback episode.
0: Right. This one was so good. I loved it,
1: too. So this one starts uh, on VVN day, victory in Vietnam. There's a celebration out on the street. We see a documentary about John Osterman, uh, Dr. Manhattan, all the masks and the puppets and the, you know, they've. There's a complicated history, and that they they look up to him, but he's also a murderer, and so like right. we don't quite know where where he lands on things. Um, and there's a bombing that kills her parents, and she sees the person responsible. Um,
2: yeah, and she ends up in the orphanage, and is not treated very nicely because no. she is a little black girl, not a
1: Vietnamese. I wrote down eating Cheetos with a fork. I don't remember. I don't That's remember. what you were doing. Watching. <laughs> no, but yeah. I remember everything. I did that as a kid. I w- I hated getting the Cheetos <laughs> dust on my fingers. I'm like, hey, somebody else is eating Cheetos with a fork. I gotta go back and watch that episode just so I can see that. Um, so we get the the origin of Sister Night. We see the VHS tape. Yeah, with the the uh, yeah, she's
2: trying to rent the, yeah. the
1: Sister Night movie. Uh, uh Lori figure some things out and goes to the widow and you think it's going to be this tense back and forth and she just confesses yeah. and then, then grabs the remote control surprise yeah. me oh trap door <laughs> so she falls through the trap door
0: I love that that's that's that is confirmed a uh, callback to that John Lovett Saturday Night Live sketch where he does that he's like sat by the desk and he, and he just drops yeah. him through a yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, we cut to Ozymandias's trial. <laughs> I, I, I don't, even at this point, I'm like, I don't, I'm not quite sure what Jeremy Irons is doing, but I think I love it. <clears throat> um, we hear thou shalt not leave the one commandant from the creator, which we still don't know, you know, who has at this point, we still don't know who, who has enslaved in there. Uh, Lady True tells us, "I have a secret plan to save humanity." So we don't know—is she the good guy or the bad guy at this point? We learn that in this past, Cal had a car crash and had total amnesia, and that Bian is a clone of Lady True's mother. Right. And we also have uh, Joe Keen says, "Quote: It's difficult being a white man in America." I might try being a blue one. Uh. <laughs> so we get uh, their plan is kind of laid out there.
2: It always bugs me on... And I know it's supposed to on television. But when when they, when somebody lays a line out like that, like it just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. It, I mean, like...
0: Ugh. Nails on a chalkboard. It's not
1: easy being green either. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, Angela's been kind of detoxing and she's a hose is running from her to somewhere else. Yeah, so that uh, Lady True
2: tells her um, her treatment is she it has to involve her grandfather. The person <clears throat> the only way to come out of it is the person whose memories she has taken has to be
0: involved or whatever. So she assumes she's hooked up to him. Yeah, in another room. And when she follows it in there is an elephant. <laughs> which we never got an explanation for. No, I'm fine with that. So I mean, is it literally just like an elephant never forgets? I I, th- if I it think is, someone
1: someone involved quoted like we just needed something and that was that was good enough. Well,
2: the um way back when she's at the Clark farm and she has that um what do you call it with the sand, the
0: hourglass. If you look well, if, everything, everything, <laughs> everything with Lady elephants. Elephant. Everything well, that's very, with that culture, and I believe is from from what I've read that there's elephants are, I don't I don't want to say revered or something, but it has something to do with that with that culture, okay. and so everything with Lady True had elephants everywhere. And, so
2: write it down right here for me, Lube Man number one
1: question mark, elephant number two question mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. and her Lady True's mother. Wrote a memoir about raising a genius entitled "Pachyderm Mom," which was a bestseller in Vietnam. So much like the, the Tiger Mom, if you remember yeah, that, yeah, those yeah. books of how to how to raise a, a, an excellent kid, she wrote <laughs> she wrote Pachyderm Mom. <laughs> but, and the T is an elephant symbol. Like, yeah it's, yeah, it's elephants all the way down. Oh but my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, there was a globe of collected prayers. I don't really remember what that was, but I wrote it down. Mm. I don't no. Okay, so <laughs> let's go.
2: There are these stations all over the place where you can phone oh, a prayer to yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Manhattan right. on Mars. And they're all being recorded. <clears> and, and they're all being recorded. But we see Agent Blake, right. Lori Blake, um, she's using that to, she believes, talk to yeah. Dr. Manhattan. And she's telling the jokes and, and whatnot. And then we find out that they're just all being sent
1: to true industries or whatever. Mm. So we learn that Dr. Manhattan is in Tulsa pretending to be human which kind of confirmed a theory I, I thought it was such a weird theory I don't know how people knew that within like the second yeah. episode I was seeing people online guess that well, I don't know He what.
0: acted so much like he acted very out of it like
1: Dr. Manhattan does So we learn that it's Cal in a pretty strong uh, cliffhanger and that the 7th Cavalry is going to capture him destroy him and take his power End with a David Bowie cover of Life on Mars. Yeah. yeah. Great. And we're on to the next. <laughs> that was that was an amazing credit scene. Um, mm. Some of the tidbits from that one. PD, PD, I hang on to this detail a little too long. Uh, we learned Lady True, in the building of the, of the Millennium Clock, uh, HDTVs had just been newly legalized. And she sent one to every resident in the Tri-County area. Quote, as an apology for any inconvenience our construction may cause. So I'm like, what is she doing the, you know, everybody, she has a TV in every house. Is she, re- but like, mm-hmm. that never really tied in no, anything. No, she else. just knows how to gift.
0: She's uh, a good gifter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we just learned a lot about her. She graduated at 15 with PhDs in astrophysics and all this stuff. And this is before we learned her true origin. Uh, after becoming a billionaire from the success of nostalgia, she turned her attention to space exploration <clears throat> and since 2010 has launched 50 Voyager-class probes into the galaxy. So this uh, the article, this one was it was taken from a sort of a gossip column saying, like, what's the real scoop on Lady True? So this was the, the Nova Express Saigon edition published an allegation that she might be Edward Blake's daughter, the comedian, which was one of the fan theories yeah. early on. We mentioned. Um, saying he... <clears throat> He birthed at least seven children during his time in Vietnam, ranging in age from 25 to 39, including one of Vietnam's most prominent post-statehood citizens. So that's, in that world, it's a theory that maybe that's... And that that's all came dad. from the website. Yeah. And the quote, they reply to that saying, quote, Lady True has no father. Bien Mai, her mother, did have one encounter in 1971 with Mr. Blake and his battalion of blazoned commandos in her village outside My Lai. Their uniquely warm demeanor made quite an impression on her. So we get kind of a hint at what may have <laughs> what atrocities may yeah. have happened there. So then was we'll on to episode eight, a god walks into a bar, or a bar.
2: <clears throat> this was my favorite title.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah, maybe that's the one I was thinking is the one I really liked. Um. This is the one where he, is, he goes into that bar and talks to, introduces himself to Angela yeah. um, and tells her, you know, in 20 minutes you're going to tell me. Oh, uh, I forget.
1: What the yeah, heck? so there wasn't a ton of plot in this one. It was all sort of it's, it's relationship. It's Angela's
2: past in Vietnam. We, we see their relationship, yeah. how it evolved. Their first meeting Of course, Doctor Manhattan, who is present in multiple timelines, it's all happening at the same time for him, so he can say, you know, he can. The first time we see in in our understanding of time that they meet, he already tells her he loves her. um, They're going to be together for ten years, then something tragic is going to happen. Right their their whole basically their whole history, he lays it out right in front of her. From he's got the
0: basically is it is it going to be worth it, you know, that yeah. we get married. And, uh, and you know, she gets the little circle thing to put in his head. And. Yeah.
2: But at first she doesn't, of course, he has a Dr. Manhattan plastic mask on. Yeah. And she doesn't believe it's him because they're celebrating him. Yeah, and there's a bunch of people out, dressed yeah. up in blue makeup.
1: And they take great pains <clears throat> not to really show his face right. at this point. Right. Yeah. And they
0: show yeah in the different time, time they show where she picks out the cow that got in the car wreck or whatever right they use it as a body and they kind of imply that he had something to do with that with that guy <laughs> you know dying or whatever so he could use that body and things and be more
1: pleasing to her and stuff. so we learn that that's what saved Angela during the white night yeah, that uh, he was triggered and you know, was able to stop it, but that also is what alerted her grandfather to Judd, because she had heard him say something. You know, in in one of these trippy conversations, she learned a fact before she should have known it. Paradox, right? A paradox. There you go. Um, so that we have, uh, and the tunnel of love. We had a, a recurring. Music cue again, saying that's her favorite song. It's like guess, the first time I've ever heard it. Uh, And Seventh Cavalry attacks. uh, Had a pretty good action scene, which this show has not been, you know, all out action, but that was a pretty good action scene. Mm -hmm. And they teleport. They zap John and teleport him away. That
0: was an excellent ending. That that whole thing where he came out and just started, you know, because he was just, you knew he was going to get blasted at the end. Somehow, you know, because I love that when he's just like, "No, you know, there's nothing I can do. It's gonna happen. I know it's already happened," you know, type thing, and she's gonna go out and she's just whipping ass. You know, I I love watching her do. all. uh, She's he just comes out doing, and he's just like doing his Vietnam stuff, you know, and then he gets, he's like, "Sorry," gets blasted. It was like so good, but I also like that was I knew, you know, of course we eventually pays off. But uh, I love that stuff where they obviously are setting something up in the future, and he's like out on the pool or whatever. And he's like, "I need you to see me do this." You know? Yeah, and she's like, "Okay, yeah. I see you walking on water." <laughs> and I was like, "That's so cool!" And he's like making, and again, that was another thing that's set up. He he makes he's, he's making making, bre- making breakfast and everything, and talking. And they've all set up because they the mi- the, the misdirect with the egg. He's saying, you know, I can put, you know. So he can put all his power into a, a food, you know, food, an egg or whatever. And we've, But we're so thrown because we, everybody, any theorist is thinking, oh, well, the grandfather was the one eating boiling eggs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we've had later. eggs since the, right, <laughs> first, yeah. the first start of the show. But trip. he was eating you know, and stuff. It's just like, That's, it's got something to do with him.
1: So good. So I've seen people... The, the the Manhattan thing seems to be a big bugaboo online of like why wouldn't he just do something why wouldn't he move why wouldn't it? and i don't know how to answer that except that if that's his character he yeah he he's resigned to fate and he knows what's going to happen yeah. and whether he can't change it or won't change it i'm i'm still not sure but yeah he's not going to act out of i
0: i can't i mean i i have to admit it bugs me too but but not in that Way like I I guess I just like I I get it. It's just like he knows it's it's meant to be or something, you know. It's just that is how it is supposed to go down.
1: So everyone stuck around for the after credit scene? Yeah, what was it? Mm -hmm. I remember staying, but Uh, Vite was in his cell. Oh yeah, he got a horseshoe. And he had a cake with seven candles. I count I pause it and count the candle.
0: (laughs) What what's the relevance of the horseshoe? I if
1: um, one of his clones early on was. Shall I cut this for you, sir? I like the clone. Yeah, she has hands a him a horseshoe or something like they're like a defective clone or something that couldn't tell the difference between a knife and a horseshoe or something. Okay. I, okay. It's yeah, in one of the early episodes. Okay, I, a get, I
0: get you. I was like, like, what could it be? But that makes sense.
1: And we learn that the, what well, the groundskeeper, what's it, or the game master, or whatever. Yeah, we learn game, that game, game warden, game warden is know, Adam, Adam the errand. <laughs> We learned that he is the original Adam, the original clone. Um, And the book Adrian's reading in a cell is Fog Dancing, which was written by Max Shea, the in-universe author who wrote all the Black Freighter comic Mm. that we read in the book. Um, We saw this previously in the episode. Uh, Ma Clark was reading it when Lady True came that morning. And it was also on that rack of VHS tapes. A movie adaptation was on that rack of VHS tapes in Vietnam. Um, so this, uh, yeah, Max Shea from the original where Adrian kidnaps all these famous artists and authors. He's one of the authors you know, taken to design the squid and the story behind it. Um, he's a acclaimed writer of genre bending pirate comics, including the thrice filmed charnel Messiah, which is the, you know, the, the inter intermittent comic within the graphic novel. Um, it's a 1972 novel that he wrote while working in a VA hospital in Cleveland, uh, when he was doing art therapy with, uh, soldiers suffering from PTSD. So he was struck by their testimonials and the awe they had from serving under Dr. Manhattan and just dealing with you know, the guilt from all the atrocities over there with the comedian, how they rationalized this war uh, saving people from communism to become conquerors seizing a country for capitalism uh, so he dealt, He took all these uh, soldier stories and combined it into this one kind of postmodern modern trippy uh, war novel and said so it had two movie adaptations, one by David Cronenberg And the other by the Brothers Quay, who I had to look up, they're like uh, animators, puppeteers, they do Mm. weird trippy puppet uh, performances. And had become deeply influential with artists in all mediums, inspiring uh, more thoughtful treatments of soldiers, psychology, and war trauma. But also negatively a trend of cliched nihilism and surrealism and unreliable narrators in storytelling. So it's one of those things... It's become very important in pop culture of this world. Everybody seems to kind of know this book. uh, But it means, you know, different things to different people. But I tell you that to tell you this. The important part is that he describes what a fog dancer is. There is this uh, uh, sunset haze. It's sort of this super powerful, like Agent Orange type thing that just destroys everything in his path. And the people who... Deal with it are called fog dancers, and their uniform are gas masks and skin tight silver suits. Oh! So we've seen a character in a skin tight <laughs> silver suit, yeah. slippery little guy. Yeah. So this was uh, yeah. Agent Petey. He wrote like his college thesis on this novel, and was like, is one of these people who's really obsessed with this book. So Agent Petey was talking about you know the, oh, the amazing the amazing silhouette of the silver fog dancer and all that stuff <laughs> so we learned that pd's a fan of that look uh we also Blue learned
0: man <laughs> come together with your...
1: <laughs> it also had the uh, PDPedia had the the medical chart from calvin gelani he was found wandering in a confused state with a minor contusion on his forehead by officer abar in saigon in december 2009 and went on to work for Pyramid Global Construction after going to Vietnam for work, which Pyramid Transnational is the company, one of the Viet subsidiaries. <coughs> the <that, Veid>, right, <laughs> yes, right <Veid laughs> subsidiaries in the book. And there was a whole thing. It was interesting about the the Sister Night movie. Uh, Petey does a whole uh, memo about it. And like he, because the technology is limited, he can't find it anywhere. So it's like I had to read about it from you know Ebert's book of movies. So he, he, you know, movies aren't easily you can't just stream (laughs) a movie in this room. So he writes about uh, that Vietnam had its own unique pop culture in the '70s and '80s, and there was a huge boom of uh, movies made specifically for the African American population who migrated to Vietnam in that era to. Get away from America and the institutional racism of that era. Um, so it was the subgenre they called the Black Mask movies, which parodied vigilantes. Uh there's a movie called The Black Superman, spoofed Doctor Manhattan. And others, like Sister Knight, Tarantula, and Batman, were expressions of archetypes forged by the likes of Silhouette, Mothman, or Night Owl. Huh. So there's a B movie in the 70s called Batman. Yeah. That was a takeoff of the original Night Out. <laughs> I hope they leave PDPD PD up on online forever. That's.
0: It's cool. I only a, have one. I mean, that's cool. And I like uh, that extra stuff. But I didn't read it because, one, I need to tell me. <laughs> and two, it's like there's something. I, I want the show to stand on its own, and it's like there's only I, I don't want too much work to be done by,
1: and it, it does that none of that stuff is right. Like I said that <laughs> it, it took me down some rabbit holes that like that that didn't mean anything or pay off anywhere. But yeah, I, I you know to me the world building is half the fun. Right, so yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. Oh yeah, and that one had a couple of the easter eggs in that one. Uh, we had another quote. I leave it entirely in your hands. Yep. Which I feel like somebody said that multiple times in the season. And there was a shadow on the wall of a couple that was like the graffiti all throughout the comic. You know, like the famous uh, Hiroshima. Mm. You know, the lovers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, blasted on the wall. So at one point they saw a couple on the wall like that. All right. Then it's the finale. At this point, <laughs> I felt like there were s- several plot threads still, <laughs> still hanging. And I was hoping they could pay it all off. So it starts out uh, where he, uh, Adrian, is filming the inauguration video for Robert Redford. This is in 93. He's which again, predicting, I, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's put all these plans into place and knows exactly what's going to happen. Which I've, I have never quite got a good enough answer why. Except, you know, vanity. Why Why he wants to tell people. His yeah it didn't player. make a lot
0: of sense yeah that's just his thing it is vanity he wants everybody to know what good does it do if they don't know I did it So we, now, that's basically the whole thing is, is, it, is it, with him he's like okay so I killed 3 million people or whatever and I did this to have this effect but nobody's ever going to know I did that
1: now what you know um, this sucks <laughs> So we see Bien Mai, who is Lady True's mom, is there as a cleaning lady, which I I never again quite got. Was she just posing the whole time, or was was this her plan? Did she just take an opportunity. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get that she uh, impregnates herself. Uh, she breaks into the the vault behind his his uh, portrait. And I love the the old DOS, you know, oh, the DOS know. computer. Yeah, where did they
2: dig that thing out of? And
1: the uh, the, the the command she gave it is untie knot, which is uh, his whole thing the Gordian knot, like the myth of uh, Alexander the Great, you know, mm-hmm. slicing through the Gordian knot. That's uh, that's a whole Ozymandias thing. Get into the white vault, right? <laughs> and using the password Ramses the second, which is the same password. It's, he never changed his password. <coughs> never did between 1985 was, uh, and the, yeah. yeah way to go so yeah that was 1993 so we catch back up in 2008 when Lady True goes to Antarctica to ask for 42 billion because uh, she wants to build a quantum centrifuge to steal Dr. Manhattan's energy Duh. <laughs> so Adrian says no you, I built myself up from nothing and I don't know if he believes even that he is she is her daughter his daughter but uh, he's not going to give her any help uh, so we cut right from there. Uh, Vite in his cell. This time his m- cake is made of mud. He's, he's had to make his own cake. <laughs> so he must have been in that cell for a year, I assume. Uh, his his message worked. Uh, an escape ship shows up.
0: <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> the whole thing's so ridiculous. So he, he... Well, we find out what the D was. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which
1: all that was... He says, <clears throat> I'll never call you daughter. Yeah. yeah and like get out of my house you can't use the bathroom (laughs) so this is him humbling himself You know, he has to spell the word daughter there's a point to it he has to humble himself calls her daughter because she has sent out all these he knows exactly when the satellite's going to go past so yes his message work worked she sent the escape ship Uh, the jailer tries to shoot him but he catches the bullet his best trick like he did with the assassin in the original book. And he says, the mask makes men cruel, which when I first wrote down, I thought he said the mask makes men true. I'm like, that works either, either (laughs) either way worked for me, but I think it's the mask makes men cruel. So he has some kind of cruel parting words to his, his beloved jailer. (laughs) Uh, I think that's when he asks, was I, was I worthy adversary? And you Mm -hmm. think they spent all this time together. Yeah. He's like, no, No. (laughs) you were totally beneath me. And it is. It's it's just cruel. (laughs) So he gets into the ship. He is frozen into that statue, which we've seen sitting in the the garden. Sitting in the the garden.
0: That's the part that kind of, I kept forgetting that what was happening with him wasn't happening simultaneously with everything else. So, yeah, that was
1: well done. Like melting off of them and stuff. So the Millennium Clock is ready to activate. Somebody says the famous line, "The end is nigh," It's like Rorschach's yeah. sign. Beans. Um. Her. Angela's looking for answers, and she's I, she's breaking people's fingers. Oh yeah. It says you got seven left, which I, I didn't look up for sure, but I think that's I think Rorschach says you got seven left. I could be wrong on that one, but he definitely likes breaking fingers. Okay, so uh, it's revealed that during the White Night, Doctor Manhattan teleported one of the Seventh Cavalry to Gila Flats, which alerted them. They knew it, they knew who it was. Right, no one else would have would have right. done that or could have done that. So immediately after that, they start this plan, and that's when Judd befriended the A bars. So Judd was just a bad dude. Like he, there was no yeah. there's no secret depth to him yeah, or, or other uh, we get answers about all the old watches they are melting down the batteries to make the cage that's so cool that's so fun yeah, yeah. oh we gotta have this only this like, iridium or whatever i don't know uh joe Keene walks out wearing those patented black shorts those panties says, oh god you look silly says, in your panties you look <laughs> you look stupid in those panties <laughs>
0: okay this there's one thing that we've obviously we haven't seen um hadn't seen looking glass for several episodes since his his episode and i feel like they dropped the ball this one thing i hate you know how you've got an idea that would improve the whole thing and i just you know i'm going to tell you something you're gonna be like yep yeah, they should have done that <laughs> don't don't ruin this one <laughs> i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you i am going to tell you i i i had been waiting for since his episode because you knew he had to have embedded himself with them or whatever and all I wanted was him to reach up and pull off the mask and have the, his mask underneath <laughs> that would have been so freaking cool, just pull off and still have his mask on yeah. you're welcome everyone, I ruined the show for you
1: <laughs> he, yeah, I definitely wanted more with that character so she tries to convince him, you know, to, don't do this She's playing you, and they're so cocky and saying, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna do it as always." So true. Flips the switch and teleports the whole room to the same site of the Greenwood massacre. Uh, Keen is liquidated.
0: Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, what isn't it uh, a thing with the monologuing? Like, isn't that a was that something like? Vite would know better than to do. I forget what the deal was with that it's like it's like that guy still had to stand there and monologue it's like
1: (sighs) and they and they do that thing the the whole senior leadership of cyclops is right there in one spot and like you think they're gonna gonna rue the day and like no boom just yeah and even (laughs) just get even her
0: she's like she's like monologuing on them and like just kill us (laughs) yeah okay so it all happens
1: very quickly uh, which I like, just <laughs> boom, 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 just to get yeah. it done. Um, so with the 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 key oozing into the cage, uh, John's able to kind of get enough power. That was up. a
0: lot of ooze. Yes,
1: plenty of ooze.
0: <laughs> I don't think I would take up that much area.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's probably a lot of hair gel. In there, <laughs> yeah, way, I so. guess. Uh, so John triaport teleports the trio to Karnak in the Antarctic. And uh, they come up with this plan. They're going to rain frozen squid down everywhere. Vite finally got his worthy adversary. He's having the time of his life, like, coming up with these plans. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, coordinating everything perfectly. He finally has someone worthy of his uh, talent. Uh, so, yeah, these little frozen squids start pelleting everywhere. Which I was a little disappointed by that. Because he set it up like they were
0: going to come down at this velocity that's gonna just kill everything in the area and the first one cuts puts a hole through her hand. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is gonna be great. And that was it. Like after that
2: You see like them
0: coming down and then they're
2: you see like Red Scare. Yeah. And he just he's getting hit by them, but
1: like I just feel, in the car. I feel like
0: it should have been more it should have done way more damage because honestly they didn't come down a whole heck of a lot harder than they did during the regular
1: rains of them what, what so thing? was this the the punchline? Was this the brick falling down? Oh, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so Angela gets to the Dreamland Theater, uh, finds her grandpa sitting in the same seat right. where, where we started which, this.
0: She, which, when she came out, the way they had the camera angle, it said the only letters you could see, as she walked out was Doctor M.
1: Yeah, the marquee was broken yeah. except for the Doctor M. Uh, oh yeah, he says uh, she says that guy talks too much and clangs <laughs> clangs right with a wrench. So yeah, he was he yeah, was doing yeah. the monologuing as well.
0: That was good. So I like he, that team up of her her and what she call him. I like that one that she does mirror face or something. She doesn't want to mirror ever to call guy. It. Mirror yeah, she
1: doesn't like to call <laughs> him by his name. Uh, we see uh, the original owl ship. The Archie was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. mothballs. Um, Topher is there. He has a little stuffed animal. Looks a lot like Bubastus. the original cloned mm. sort of cat creature that, that's uh, Vite's pet, and. Pretty powerful line that stuck with me was uh, Reeves saying, talking about Doctor Manhattan, considering what he could do, he could have done more.
0: Now, does he? Do you feel like he knows? Like, is he kind of telling her? I don't know. It just it, seems like it seems yeah. like he knows more than he's you know, like he like maybe he would expect could be what is going to happen.
1: But that also seems to me a critique of, you know, superheroes in general. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, look what they could do, but they're not... What are they doing? They're beating up muggers, and, you know, they're not really solving the world's problems. But, you know, is that their job? That's another debate. You know, who's who's who watches The Watchmen?
0: I gotta say, though, I, I shared that, you know, picture of Will Smith uh, <laughs> painted blue and saying I thought Dr. Manhattan was too nice. I was serious. I... I I, I loved that guy playing him, but the whole lovey dovey crap at the end and I love that stuff, but when he looks at her I loved that, but it didn't feel true to the character. Like when he's looking at her, I'm seeing every time with us ever together and I'm like, Oh, I'll just eat that but it didn't seem like him. Well hmm. I mean even with like He never cared about, I mean, I get, I get the, I will accept, okay, this is in the future. This isn't the Watchmen comic. This is after that. And maybe now he has, you know, he has found, I think, a person for him. He actually knows love now and it's not just like all these other. But at
2: first with Janie, I mean, I think he was that way. And then he becomes, disenfranchised with her and for another younger girl and then with Lori. at first i think we assume you know he's fully into it and then we see more at the end where he is he, he could care less more or less
1: yeah. it's a typical gets bored <laughs> so yeah there's portent of you know you'll know it when the time comes or however he words it but she's cleaning up all the broken eggs from the kitchen yeah. and there's one that is unbroken
0: she knows before she even opens it up that there's yeah. one in there she just she figures it out before she opens it up
1: so we get the flashbacks to him saying that stuff he that he could transfer to the power and it ends with a shot of her stepping out i knew it was the water. gonna go black there and then it ends and we get i am the walrus I am the Eggman, Cuckoo So Lindelof said he did not mean for the ending to be ambiguous. He d- he doesn't think no one should be debating what happened. He thought it was pretty obvious, but I don't know. People are going to debate it anyway. Yeah.
0: And and it, again, you guys were talking the other day, like it, it, messaging or whatever, like it felt like pretty sure thing it was going to be a season 2 this was never intended to have a season 2 yeah i'm i really and i i even got the impression from him it was just like he threw everything into this season like you know he had no intention of coming back but they must be going to throw a bunch of money at him if he's even considering yeah
2: i now. when i when i finished watching that last episode i totally felt like it was done there's not going to be a season 2 it was I,
0: not intended like i I heard it It was never intended for them to have a season two, and that, but it's been so critically acclaimed that everybody loves it and just wants more. I'm scared of more because if I'm, I don't know how much time he put into this, but he won't have that amount of time to do a second season.
1: The finale drew a season high 1.6 million viewers, so it it added viewers as it went. And I actually I went back and read that letter he wrote when this was first announced. It was this like 10-page letter to the fans like yeah. telling us how scared he was to do this and he didn't want to try on this ground and how important Watchmen was to him. So I went back and reread that and to me all the one- then all the one season stuff sounded more like hedging his bets of like look guys, I don't even really want to do this, but the opportunity's here. So I have a feeling it was so warmly regarded. Like, how could you say no to, to, to being able to do more and play in that sandbox? I knew how you could say no. no you leave on a high note. Yeah. Doesn't
0: anybody know how to do that anymore? <laughs> nope. All right, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. I always think that.
1: I do that at work all the time. As soon as
0: they're laughing, I'm done.
1: I could go to the next department. So, the final PDPedia entry was a memo from the deputy director of the FBI. Uh, one page memo very tersely saying, effective immediately, Dale Peaty is no longer an agent of the FBI. Oh. His employment by the anti vigilante task force has been terminated. Let the legacy of Peatypedia be an example of how not to conduct professional discourse. I uh, said, a maintenance crew's coming to box up all the contents of his desk and anyone who wants any of his crap. Multiple copies of Rorschach's journal, <laughs> hundreds of comic books. Parentheses. why our our society is still so obsessed with pirates is beyond me. (laughs) And a jug of what appears to be some kind of canola oil. I knew (laughs) it. (laughs) Of course. He said, help yourself to whatever's on his desk. He personally, uh, the director, he removed a new album by The Nine Inch Nails entitled (laughs) The Manhattan Project. So there's still a... I wish
0: that I had signed up for those. There's three vinyls of the soundtrack. Man, you can't get them now. They're, like, so expensive. Everybody bottom up. So,
1: Agent it's Blake. such a
0: good freaking
1: soundtrack. <laughs> oh, man. Lori uh, resurfaced following her disappearance and is currently being debriefed at a secure location. Uh, Petey has defiantly refused his direct <coughs> order to suspend his activities and return to Washington. So, that's why he was fired. Is the understanding now that this, he has gone missing. And it would appear Petey has taken it upon himself To continue the investigation Despite our closing it It's clear now from his memos that Petey is at risk For vigilante behavior And most likely always was Perhaps sooner or later this task force will be investigating oh, him Good luck catching him So that's season 2, season two The Lube search Man. for Lou Man, Man. Uh, yeah. So is there anything <laughs> Besides Lou Man, the obvious one Is there anything you, you didn't get an answer to Or that left, left you hanging too much Um I don't think so. He said, last we saw PD, he was still in the bunker, right? She yeah. told him to hang yeah. hang tight in the bunker. It's so, so <laughs> funny how that uh,
0: so he matches up so well, <laughs> lubed up in the bunker.
1: So he he had zero impact on this whole show, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was the only things that kind of left me like I I thought for sure from that <clears> first episode we get. More about Judd, or even the 7th Cavalry, that there was more to this. They weren't just evil racists. Like, there was some master plan. They thought they were doing right, or they thought they were saving the world their own way, but it, like, they were just kind of the, the evil villains of the whole thing.
2: I did like how they incorporated the Dr. Manhattan symbol into the new, the updated Cyclops symbol. Did you notice Oh, that? I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, so it's cool. the eye, but then around it has the circle with the
0: little... Sweet. <clears throat> uh we
1: never got any night owl. no no so that could be some just a little season, archie some season two yeah the next day i was saying things online of oh what if White cell is near dan's and they have to break <laughs> out of the you know, they have to do a prison break together i'm like all right that would I'm be in. great that's <laughs> you, exactly SoB, I'm in. <laughs> oh man heck yeah that sounds good jeez so, yeah, to have taken something I love dearly in its original form and to make something I also love dearly in its new form is pretty amazing, because I can't think of a whole lot of examples no. that have done this well. Right. And the we never really talk about Alan Moore and his whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But there's What's the whole, deal? everyone knows Alan Moore hates the movie adaptations that He hates. He's never going to watch the movies it's not, But the people want quotes From him so they, that's all they ask him about What do you think about the new Watchmen show they're making He's never going to say <laughs> Good luck to you, like no, it's he's going to say Something negative and they're going To quote it as saying mm-hmm. original creator hates This and it's going to get a bunch of clicks That's the whole thing <laughs> That's mm-hmm. that whole deal, it's going to happen It's not, you know, it's locked in But there was a really touching thing. His daughter, Leah Moore, tweeted this whole thread out talking about, you know, because the the fan reaction, anytime there's one of these clickbait articles, read the comments, and three quarters of them are bashing Alan Moore for being a grumpy old <laughs> jerk. How dare he talk bad about these superheroes that I love? And she was saying he loves superheroes more than any of you put together. Mm. This was his calling in life. He loved these stories. That's all he ever wanted to do. He walked away from what could have been a, you know, a good career and a legitimate <laughs> art form and said, no, I'm going to make funny books and, and you know be looked down on for my career. And just he just kept getting, as comic industry is want to do, it's going to ground people under its boot. It's 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 unrelenting. Jack Kirby said, comics will break your heart, kid. Um and he just got screwed over contract bad contracts you know, money problems art problems corporate problems boss problems so it just it hurt she just said you know this is too much he had to step away so he's she said there's probably a bunch of these movies he would love he would love to go take the grandkids to a matinee and watch this amazing but he just he can't it hurts too much cuz he's you know the, the thing he loved most in the world has been soured and i thought well that's that's hard to relate to of like making something your life's work and ambition <laughs> and <laughs> having it I so, okay, we need to wrap this <laughs> up <laughs> having it go so horribly horribly wrong <laughs> I can't relate we'll to talk that.
0: about Jordan and his deal somehow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
1: but I just want to say Alan Moore then everyone says but Alan Moore did Swamp Thing and Batman and he did Leaves for a Gemma he uses other people's art why does he hate people doing his art I don't think that's his problem his problem is cash grabs and sequels and running stuff into the ground he took a made a point of saying all this the creators you know the stuff he did work for hire he knew it was a contract he was drawing writing swamp thing for dc comics warner brothers entertainment okay he knows that going in he knows he doesn't own swamp thing but he's done you know league of Extraordinary gentlemen lost girls all these other things he said all those creators are dead so he feels like he he can do what he wants with those characters and take them in new places. He was not writing, you know, Huckleberry Finn two. We're gonna cash in on the you know the the popularity of Huck Finn. It was like he he was trying to do something new with it. So that's to me, I kind of justify this show even existing in the spirit of Alan Moore. They mm. weren't just. It's not just a sequel. It's not an adaptation. It's not a prequel. It's not trying to mine more stories. And beat the dead horse. It's trying to take the groundwork he laid and do something new, and I think it succeeded really well because there are things. The uh, there's some quote. I think it's uh, Lori when she's telling her joke. She talks about you know, the, and then the woman standing in the corner not doing anything. So yeah, you know, the the female representation is not great in the original text. the The representation of of African Americans is not great in the original text. So it used. It had great reverence for the original But also the guts to say You know what it's not perfect There's there's, there's problems there too that we need to address mm-hmm. And in doing so with the whole 20th century of pop culture Like these are the stories we hold up And we admire But there's stuff behind the scenes And there's stories not being told And there's voices not being heard So it, it I think it did Al more proud Even though he'll never <laughs> he will never care about it but I, I think in the spirit of Alan Moore, it did what he would have done in this circumstance.
0: Yeah, I just put my cue to watch because uh, that's that one episode was just remind me of the the constant. Um, oh, from Lost. Yeah, I'm gonna rewatch that. He's so good. So
1: congratulations, Damon Lindelof. Yeah, the last episode didn't blow me away. I think there were other episodes better than that. But it it wrapped everything up. It even felt a little bit simple. Like, okay, they are just the villains and this is the plot. And then they get killed and they go... But like like we said, to make too complicated and have a big twist. Or, oh, it was the comedian the whole time. Like, to do something... Like, it was already confusing enough Mm. that simple was fine for for this. For being so complex at the beginning. And a, a simple ending was good.
0: I still don't have it. We have no perspective on how the mass audiences are even able to watch this show. No. I assume they think it's all
1: ridiculous and mumbo jumbo. <laughs> and it is. And so that's what makes it. <laughs> <fun>. All right. <sighs> okay. We watched The Watchmen. Yeah. We did it. If you're we wondering who. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me in getting that all out of my system. I like uh, looking through every all the trash bins and finding all the little gold nuggets <laughs> in there. All right, so where can they find us? They can patronize us.
2: Oh, Podbean. Uh, www.udownwithkpp.com uh, Facebook on the Twitter or email us kapowthepopculturepodcast at gmail.com
1: Alrighty, thanks once again for listening. My name is Jordan Lowe.
2: I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Not forever. Now, the pop culture podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.
1: So we learn...
0: That's where he picks up the mask at the beginning. Right, we
1: learn that the, the Mars image is just a recording... Um, Manhattan was really on Europa, a moon of Jupiter, and had created this world of with an Adam and an Eve, created what he thought was a paradise, but it just didn't. He had no imagination, so he didn't go any further with that. Uh, there's a shot of the Bible, and it's uh, it was Dave Gibbons' art, the original mm. artist of Watchmen. I saw a page; look, you could tell it was him had had drawn an illustration from the Bible there early in this episode. Um. We Yeah this was uh, True had visited Vite in Antarctica in 2009 uh, Asking Is that where we are? We learned she asked for the, the money No that's the next episode This was a while ago I saw it racism really choked yeah. me <laughs> <laughs>